0: So today uh, we're going to talk about prayer, or we just had our prayer, we're going to have some opening questions, Uh, we're going to open up the scriptures and reflect a little bit on scriptures, talk about what prayer is, talk about prayer as a covenant, we're going to look at a piece of sacred art um, and talk about it, then we're going to have some discussion questions, sort of like we did last week with the pub quiz type thing, except this time it's going to be questions pertaining to the topic. uh, then we're going to go over the activities for you for lesson two that you're going to take home. The possible activities that you could do with your children, um, have a prep for our community meeting, uh, have a closing prayer, and then I, I, I got the QR codes that I wanted to give you last week, and I got another one uh, for this week, so I'll have that for you. You can just come up after to to get those. So, opening questions. What are some uh, key ways that we nurture relationships with people we care about? Anybody? Communicate. Yeah. What else? Quality time. Quality time for sure. Kind of goes with communication,
1: but it's just like listening to them.
0: Um- yeah, listening as well is just as important. Totally. Anything else? Kind of meet them where they are. Um,
1: okay. If, uh, if, if, for example, if he and I are doing something, it may not necessarily be something that
0: throws me to pieces, but it might be something that he likes, and if I want right. to just hang out with him... You mean I, let go of selfishness? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, if you were had an elevator pitch, if uh, a non-Catholic or a non-Christian were to ask you what prayer was, what would you say? Talking to God. Talking to God. Okay, Cheese. awesome. Cheese. Okay. I might be able to make a connection there, but uh, anybody else? Why? Why should we pray? To try to have a closer relationship Okay. To go a deeper in relationship with Him. Anyone else? Like you can't fail. Like I'm not gonna say like no, you're wrong.
1: I feel like praying's like hope, you know, it's like just gives
0: you like a sense of hopefulness. Okay. About so it helps you to remember who you are. Like and, and grounds you. Yeah. Reflect and like center yourself, regroup yourself. Okay. Yeah, it's like a. Um, yeah, to give you the opportunity to slow down. Yeah. What's uh? Who is the one that knows us the best? God yeah 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 y'all y'all are sounding like a an eighth grade religion class by the way <laughs> you're just giving me the right answer and I you know like <laughs> uh the the intention with those questions is to is is a few things one to let you know you know more than you think you know one two uh in those really simple questions it, it allows you to just to kind of reflect to kind of prepare, to prepare you on, on what we're going to talk about today. So, um, if you're a visual person and you brought your Bible, we're going to be reading from the Scriptures, John chapter 4. If you're not familiar with how to use a Bible and you want to use it, um, uh, it's uh, about this much of the way through the Bible. Uh you <coughs> know, um, uh, I encourage you, if if you can, in the future, to to bring uh, to bring your there a, uh, books. There are, but this is the only time that I'm going to use it for the whole of the class. So, yeah, just listen. John chapter four. Uh, he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. The sixth hour is about noon. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. And where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have five husbands you have had five husbands and he whom you now have is not your husband this you said truly the woman said to him sir i perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you say that in jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship jesus said to her woman Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship what you you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I, speak, I who speak to you am he. Just then the disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but none said, What do you wish? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples besought him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him food?" Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, There are yet four months, then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes, and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages, and gathers fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the Lord's testimony. He told me all that I said to her. So when the Samaritans came to him and they asked him to stay with them, he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that, it, that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So we see in this is a few things. First of all, we recognize her situation. She's going, uh, if you imagine they live in a desert climate, the hottest part of the day is going to be noon. The last time that anybody going to want to go and get water is in the middle of the day. So she's there because she wants to avoid everybody. She's isolated herself out of her shame why because well she's had five hum- husbands and she's now living with a sixth who she hasn't even married obviously her relation her her relational life is a mess she's she's struggling real hard but not only that like there's this there's this huge divide between the jews and the samaritans like huge racism huge like disrespect and anger um uh and, uh, and so for, for a Jew to ask, to talk to a Samaritan is a huge deal. For a man, culturally, also to speak to a woman who's not accompanied by anybody is even more of a huge deal. And so here is Jesus initiating this conversation with her. Why? Well, because his desire is for her to be saved. And you notice that not only does she accept him, and believe him, and trust him, but she invites the whole town to do the same. The woman who before everybody was mocking. Now what we have in this story is is an, an analogy of prayer. Because we say prayer is conversation with God, right? But God is the one who initiates it. Jesus is the one who started the conversation. Prayer is our response to Him. Prayer is our response to Him. And prayer in and of itself, if we allow it to be, is—or prayer in and of itself, as such, is transformative. It changes us. It forms us in a different way. So what, what is prayer? That's a rhetorical question. I'm going to answer it. St. Therese, the little flower, says this of prayer. She says, for me, prayer is the song of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and love, embracing both trial and joy. Saint John Damascene, who is a, a a priest in like modern day Turkey, in the 700s, um, he says prayer is raising of one's mind and heart to God, or reflecting, or re- requesting of good things of God. So so prayer, right, this conversation with the Lord, but it's 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 more than that. We'll get to that in a second, though. But in order for us to pray, um, Right, in order for us to pray, we need to be humble. One cannot pray out of a out of a, uh, a space of pride right and so I'll, i invite you to think about this when uh we for when we got the new and we got new internet for the for my house i just uh uh, Father, all the internet was under Father Amal's name, so we just decided to, to cancel all of that and add, this, add the same company that we here have here in the office. And um, uh, that was Cox. Now, we called Cox and said, we want to give you money for you to give us internet. And they said, great. And then nothing happened. Not for one week, not for two weeks, for three weeks. Weeks of just silence. And I tell you, like, both Andre and I had conversations with those customer representatives, and they were not kind conversations. Because they were not providing what we were expecting them to provide. We we were ready to give them money. It just didn't make sense to us. But how often in our prayer do we talk to God like we talk to a customer service agent? God, why aren't you giving me what I want right now? For us to f- truly pray, we have to sit in this space of humility that where we recognize that He is God and we are not. That He has all the power and we are powerless. That despite our best efforts, there isn't anything that we can seem to do to remedy you know, certain situations that are outside of our power. And we recognize that we are in in constant need of him. And so we have to ask ourselves how is our heart oriented? Because I think the, the, the struggle with that is that we want to use God to get what we want. But that's not a relationship. Right? Use is not a relationship. We've all been used, it sucks. Afterwards, we're kind of like left numb, or angry, or disappointed. Like, wow, well, why would we want to do that to God? Going back to what St. Therese said earlier, um, right? prayer is an intimate relationship with God. It's, it's where we, we enter in, uh, into this heart-to-heart relationship where we're open to sharing our heart with Him. That means we need to be vulnerable with Him. That we need to open up everything, all of our our brokenness, all of our baggage, all of our our shame, all of our our, um, self-loathing, all of our failures, and also all of our joys, all of our triumphs, all of those things that, like, I just, like, we did really well that day. Like, that, that thing, like, Lord, I just, I thank you because, like, I kicked ass at that meeting. Like, to, to share everything with him. Right, you might say that, well, that kind of sounds like a marriage. Well, marriage is as we'll talk about three years from now, <laughs> marriage is a symbol of our relationship with God. And, it, and our relationship with God requires that sort of intimacy for it to grow. That we're ready to, to to cry with Him, we're ready to to shout with Him, we're ready that if in that moment where we are is that we wish that he would act and he's not acting, and we're angry about that to communicate that. I'll give you a particular example. St. Teresa of Avila, who is the saint this month in your books, right? St. Teresa of Avila um, was, was traveling from place to place establishing monasteries. And she's on a, on a horse, traveling from one place to another. And the horse, uh, they, they get to a, a creek, and the horse kind of freaks out. And she falls off the horse, right into a whole bunch of mud. And she kind of looks up and he says, this, If this is how you treat your friends, I'm, I'm no wonder you don't have very many of them. <laughs> like, what a Spanish thing to say. Um, but yeah, like, to, to, prayer is to, is to be... Completely, totally invulnerable, to be honest with the Lord, to, to sit in that space, right? But we have to give that space. For you to be able to be vulnerable with your spouse, right, you have to make time for that. That's not something that, 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 that just can happen while you're doing the dishes, maybe a little bit. But some, a lot of times you have to set aside that time to do so. Prayer is this intimate relationship. Yeah. Hmm. Whether we realize it or not, also, prayer is an encounter with God's thirst with ours. Like, He desires to be close to us. And what prayer is, is our desire to be close to Him, meaning with His desire. Have you ever thought about prayer being like something of coming out of desire, as opposed to just obligation or necessity? That's what it is. It's like, it, it not always is, but it can be passionate. And prayer is a response of faith to the free promise of salvation. And also a response of love to the thirst of the only Son of God. right? So our prayer is a response to His love for us. His in, in, in initiation you know, of that through His salvation through the cross. <clears throat> Which is good. Because sometimes it's hard to pray. But if somebody's already started the conversation, it's a lot easier. And me, as an introvert, I much prefer when somebody else starts the conversation. <laughs> it's a lot easier to enter into that conversation as opposed to so, what do they? What do I think they want to talk about? Like, no, he's already initiated it. Um. And also, I like, encourage you. Um, prayer is not going to always be something that's going to be delightful. It's not going to be something that's always going to feel good. But you already know that. I'm not speaking to the teenagers so much as the parents. Teenagers, you kind of know this. I don't know. I don't know you well enough to know. But parents, you definitely know that there are times as a parent that you do things that you don't want to do for the love of your child or for the love of your spouse. And you do them because you love them, not because you enjoy them. Let's be honest. I don't think anybody enjoys wiping butts. I don't think anybody enjoys disciplining their children. And if they do, then we need to pray for them. <laughs> like, no, we don't, you don't do it because you enjoy it. You do it because you love them and you want their good. Well, this, the prayer and the discipline of prayer is the same thing. We do it because we love Him, not because it's always easy or because we're always going to feel good, because that's not going to be the way that's going to happen. So don't be discouraged. If, like, as you're praying, this is like, it, it feels like you're just, like, wading through seaweed. Uh, um, so, kind of going into that, that's what prayer is. Now, what we're going to do for the, for the rest of the kind of lesson uh, today is we're going to dive into how prayer is shown in the Old Testament. Specifically, we're going to talk about two people. Um, anybody want to guess what those two people are? Old Testament guys. Job. Job. We're, a little bit later. We're going to talk about Job, I think, later. But what would you say? John. John? John's New Testament. Is there a John in the Old Testament? I don't think so. Moses, Abraham, Moses and Abraham, the two first guys. So, so let's let's start with let's start with, and we, we understand we're going to dive into this because what what the Catechism says is that um, prayer is a covenant drama. The word covenant is the sharing of hearts. The uniting of hearts. There are seven covenants within Scripture. Um, There we go. Covenant is a sacred agreement, but I think it's deeper than that. It's not just like an agreement. It's not like a contract. It's not like, you know, I'll sign this and I'll sign this. You get this. I get this. And it could be void if I don't give what you give. A covenant isn't void if I fail to... if the human side fails because the covenant is 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 sustained by God and his power. So I don't think it's like it, it's not transactional in that sense. It's interactional. It's it's relational. Right? And um and this, this covenant, right, is this this God, we we see this in the Old Testament of God's desire for his people to bring them back to himself. And he starts, he starts with with Noah, but we're, we're not going to talk about Noah because we don't really have a whole lot of that story other than he builds the ark and then after he gets drunk, which that's the story that they don't tell you, <laughs> after he gets off the ark, he, he builds a vineyard and then he gets drunk. Some other things happen, but there's children in the room. Um, so, uh, you can go ahead and read for yourself, that's like... Genesis chapter 6. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Abraham is the first one. And what does God do? Again, he initiates the conversation. God calls Abraham. Just as he called Noah. By name. And he says, Abraham, I want you to leave your land. And I want you to go to this new land. And I want, to take every, I want you to take everything with you. And you're never going to come back. Now here's the beauty of Abraham. Abraham says, "Yes, sir." Could you imagine picking up everything you have, going to a place you've never been, there's no job, there's no uh, stu- there's no possibility, there's no like promise of stability. Um, he doesn't know a single person. He doesn't know the language. And it's Israel. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel. He's going from a place that has, like, farmland to the desert. Like, he, he's going from Louisiana, not Louisiana, maybe, like, Ala- northern Alabama to Arizona. Like, he's going from a place that's beautiful to a place that's desert. Dead, but he does it. Why? Because he trusts God. Because in his prayer, in his conversation with the Lord, I'm sorry for y'all. I'm hitting my, the microphone. In his conversation with the Lord, there is that 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 trust is established, and he keeps. He, he His trust wanes a little bit because God promises something and Abraham is impatient about the, the fulfilling of that promise. I don't know if you remember, God says his, he's he'll have children that will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he's like 101 and he's like, I haven't had any children yet and my wife is 85. Like, I don't think this is going to work out, God. And so he... Uh, he decides to have a child with one of his, uh, his servants. Ishmael is a child. Um, Ishmael um, is the, the kind of father of the Arab peoples, which is ironic, because Ishmael and, and Isaac <coughs> fought. He ended up having a son, right? God still fulfilled his promise. He just didn't wait long enough. Um, had to be a really interesting pregnancy for, <laughs> for Sarah. <laughs> but anyway, um, 85 years old. Could you imagine being pregnant at 80, 85 years old? God bless. 45 years old. Um, but he, uh, um, they were, yeah, uh, that's, sorry. I was going to squirrel. Let's not squirrel. Let's keep focused. God, um, then Isaac grows up. He's about 16, 17, and God comes to to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I want you to go to this mountain and I want you to sacrifice your son. Now God promised, again, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and God is telling him to kill his only son. Because Ishmael doesn't count. That sounds really bad. But in, in the... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He he counts, but I I've, I've dug my grave. Anyway. But he goes and he does it. Like and that doesn't seem to make any sense, right? Isaac like is his only son and this is the way, why would God ask him to do the thing that would seem to to tear down the promise that he gave? Well, as they're walking up the mountain, um, Isaac recognizes, right, that he asks his dad, he says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Because they're going to have a sacrifice. Uh, Abraham hasn't told him that it's going to be Isaac. But Isaac is walking up the mountain with wood on his back. Sound familiar? With wood on his back. And asking his father, "Where? where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, that uh, God will provide the sacrifice. And uh, as you know the story, like he arrives up at the top, uh, an angel stops him right before he, he sacrifices his son Isaac. Now, in the letter to the Hebrews, reflecting on that, it says that Abraham believed because he, he believed that God could even raise the dead. That God had so much power that he could even raise the Even if he killed his son, that God would raise his son from the dead. Sound familiar? Ever happened before? No? Okay. My Bible. My Bible. Yeah. Get ready. I'm going to make lots of Bible jokes. They're They're going to be really cheesy cuz I'm a dad too. Okay. Now we have Moses. What does God do again? M- God initiates the conversation. The burning bush, remember the burning bush? He says, Moses, Moses. Right? And God starts, Moses starts to talk to God. And God's like, I want you to take my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 I'm a murderer. Which he was. Dude killed somebody. I'm a murderer, they don't like me over there, why would you want to send me?" And God's like, well, because I think you would be best for it, you know. And they have this deep conversation, and then Moses is like, okay, I'll do it, but I am not confident speaking. And God's like, okay, no worries. I'll ask your brother Aaron to speak for you. <laughs> like, g- he's trying to set up all these barriers, and he's having this conversation, this this dialogue with God. But God is taking away all of the the possible problems that he could have imagined. And then he says, well, okay. Well, what if I get there and I and they and I say, well, you know, the the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has has called me to deliver you out of Egypt. Let's go. What, what name do I give them? And he says, I am. I am who am. And that begins this like, deep and intimate relationship that Moses has with God. When they arrived on Mount Sinai after they left, I don't know if you realize, Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai. <coughs> That's a long time to pray, y'all. Like, no food, no drink. 40 days in conversation with the Lord. In fact, when he would pray, uh, after they built the temple and they're traveling in the 40 years in the desert, every time that he would go into the the tabernacle place, the Holy of Holies, to pray, he would come out and his face would gleam so much that they asked him to put on a veil. Because he was too darn bright. Because he, he had been too close with God. <laughs> and they're like, we can't handle you. You too close to God. You too much. But if you remember, right, he goes up for the 40 days on Mount Sinai, and God's like, You better go down. I think your people are doing something stupid. Which they were, they were building a golden calf and no longer worshiping God, but worshiping gold. That they had stolen. <laughs> And, uh, and Moses goes back up on the, and, and, and prays, because God's like, these people, these stupid people, I give them everything that they are ever going to need. I say, I'm going to bind myself to them. They say yes to that, and they decide that they're going to, I'll just start all over again, like I did with Noah. And Moses is like, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. And he ends up interceding, not once, but multiple times over the course of those 40 years in the desert for the sake of the people of Israel. And Moses is this witness of praying for the people of Israel and interceding for them. And so prayer is not just, is not just this, this relationship right here, but prayer is also this relationship here for these relationships here. awesome okay then we get to Jesus we're going to skip over a few other people and go to the New Testament Jesus is a fulfillment right we see multiple times where Jesus prays but in particular (coughs) his prayer in the agony of the garden prayer in the agony of the garden where he says, Father, you know, let this chalice pass from you, but not my will, but yours be done. Right, he he brings together Abraham's faithfulness and Moses' intercession into himself. <coughs> and so our prayer, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when we pray, we pray through Christ. Because of our baptism, we have been brought into the body of Christ, and any time that we pray, we pray in Him. We participate in His sonship, in His relationship to the Father and to the Holy Spirit. And so even the prayer that we do have is a gift. It's something that we participate in. It's not even ours, and fully. So he acts as this, right? As um, in his faithfulness, right? He witnesses to us of what it means to, to to surrender ourselves to the Father's will. Because when we pray, our prayer, we want to let go of that selfishness, of that pride that I was talking about earlier. So when we pray, we are praying and asking for the same thing that the Lord is desiring for us to purify and to to form our hearts to follow his will. But because he ascended into heaven, he is also the greatest of all intercessors. He is seated at, at the right hand of God, interceding for the whole church. And the primary way that he does that is that he initiated in the night before he died the sacrifice of the Mass. As this act of daily intercession on behalf of the church by returning to the cross and the power of the cross. Whew. this was a lot. And in fact, I kind of cut out some stuff cuz that was a lot. Like I did this all last year and and we talked about the creed, which is like the Trinity and like God Jesus is like two like Two natures, but one per like like all of this like really heady stuff, and nothing was this long. (laughs) So I'm gonna stop for that. Let you kind of like breathe for a second, right? I could go more, but it's enough. Um, there's that. There's that. Okay. Um, we're gonna go here to here, and we're gonna look at this guy. So, this is Paolo Veronese's Christ and the Samaritan Woman. Um, and so, um, what do you notice about the two figures in this scene? No wrong answers, because it's what you notice. Yeah, this is the well. So this is the this is the image of the gospel story that I read earlier. It Looks like Jesus is asking for something. You know, okay, so Jesus is initiating it. What were you saying? Asking for help. I mean, asking to help. Like for some water. Yeah. What else? Yeah, she's kind of vo- avoiding his gaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm here to do a job. Why are you? Why are you stopping me from doing what I need to do? You know, sort of like you you pull somebody aside. Who you can tell is trying to get one thing at the grocery. You know, hey, can can I ask you a? You know, um, yeah. What else? Right, so he's reaching out to her, right, as we mentioned, but it's like this invitation. But you notice like his body, his body's open, her body's closed. Like He's ready to initiate that relationship. She still, at this point, because this is the beginning of the story, she's still closed off to it. right so obviously they're they're talking uh um, I'm just gonna let you look at it a little bit more. Is there anything else that kind of like that you notice about the Yeah, those, I think those are probably his apostles walking in the, And that's the, the town, right? So you can see that the town is far away. She, she came for a little... She, she had to go for a little walk, for sure. Now, this is a bit of a stretch, I know. But notice what she's holding. She's holding the chain for the, the, the water, right? Because she's still, she's still, you know, imprisoned by her sin. She hasn't let go of that. But the only thing that's keeping her with the chains is her. Like he's ready to to bring her freedom. Um right, he's ready to offer that life-giving water that she has been that she's been asking for. Also it looks like the, like the sky behind him is bright and there's darkness behind right? her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure awesome okay where are my sheets here so we're going to split up into our our groups again to do discussion questions Um, do you have your parents guide with you? if you open up to the back part of your parents guide um, the part that, uh, if you look at the binding and the f- on the on the other side, uh, where the pages are, you'll see that the or the top the orange ends and the white begins. That's going to be the appendix. Uh, lessons one and two in the appendix will have all your answers. If you didn't get through the questions, that's okay. We will. So, okay, we'll start with group one. Uh, who initiates the conversation between the Samaritan woman and Jesus? Hmm? Jesus. Yep. That was easy. Uh, what is the foundation of prayer? Humility, right? Humility is the foundation of prayer. Um, what? Why is prayer a gift from God? Because we're praying through Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. Four, who is the only one who can fully understand our own hearts? Why do you think this is? I didn't really talk about this, so you had to get it from the reading. Yeah, I mean, that's a safe bet in, in uh, religion class, right? <laughs> right? Right? He's the only one that can really understand us, one, because he understands everything, Two, because He created us. Um, three, because He loves us. Um, last one. Uh, group two. How would you speak to someone you very, love very much? Speak our hearts and listen. Why should, we, why should we not feel discouraged if we feel that we do not have the right words to express what is in our hearts? <coughs> so we to ask God for the right attitude and will change our hearts to be one with his right to to ask him to change our attitude right it's our um uh right he he does the it's you not me but like in a really loving way <laughs> um what is a covenant
1: a sacred and holy agreement that God makes
0: with his people yeah Sacred and holy agreement that God makes with his people. Uh, a a heart to heart relationship. What has God called our families to enter into this life of prayer and your relationship with him and share his saving mission in this world? Awesome. Life of prayer and saving mission. Group three. What can we learn about prayer by observing the figures of Abraham and Moses? keeping the faith and intercession. How does Abraham... Sh- I, I'm, I'm repeating it for the people that are listening to the recording. <laughs> um, how does Abraham show us his trust in God and how do we show trust in God in our own lives?
1: Um, by sacrificing his only son and we show our trust in God by going to church and continuing to pray even when it feels hard and like we're not getting anywhere with it.
0: Right. By our actions. Yeah. By what we do, not by what we say. 11. Uh, how does Abraham become a picture of heaven, of the Heavenly Father? When he sacrificed his son, he showed that everything that we
1: have from God is a gift. And when it's a gift, it can be taken away at
0: any point. Right. Uh, that it's a gift. I think also right, that that's a foreshadowing of what the Father does with the Son and the cross. that he's willing to sacrifice his only son out of love. Um, Why is Abraham called the father of our faith? Uh, He followed through with the sacrifice and
1: believed. I can't read my letter. He followed through with the sacrifice and believed. I don't know what I said here.
0: That's fine. God God believed, yeah, but it's uh-huh. <laughs> 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 this makes no sense. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's the father of the faith because he he's the first one yes. that had like deep and abiding fi- not the first one oh, but like the one right? of the greatest yeah. images yeah of of our, of our faith right <laughs> of faith in God and trust in Him both in leaving his home and also you know being willing to sacrifice his son. um so he's a witness to us. Okay, group four. Um, how does Moses learn to pray during God's call? Uh, and what can this show us about our own prayer lives?
1: Um, debates, questions, and makes
0: excuses. Yeah, he's real. Yeah, he's real. and then we kind of said, like, when we're asking, like, give me a sign, like, why me? Mm-hmm. What should I do? Yeah. Just, like, asking those questions. In other words, for us to be real, too. For real, for real. What is a mediator or intercessor, and how does Moses model for us the role of mediator? Um, One who prays to God for others, and he begged God to forgive his people. Yeah. Yeah, Moses was the... He kept the Israelites from being destroyed (laughs) by, you know, begging God. and, um, And that's what an intercessor is, to pray to God on behalf of others. How does Jesus fully reveal to us the drama of prayer?
1: By surrendering to the Father's will.
0: Yeah, by surrendering to the Father's will, and just like Abraham did, just like Moses did, just like Noah did, just like David did, sometimes. Um, How how (laughs) how do we learn to pray as we should? Say that again, cause I think and I need to hear that again, just for me. Okay. We know we, <laughs> we know we can trust our Father in all things, even if at times God's promise seems impossible. Is that my book? Oh, she has my book. Okay, no, they're just wondering. They have an. Ex- she has an extra book in her hand. She was wondering where it came from. Sorry, I squirreled. Yes, right. Um, that our God, our God has everything that we need. Um, and there's no reason for us to not trust Him. Uh, He fulfills His promises. Um, He makes good on His Word. And, um, so there's nothing for us to fear or worry about, really. Truly. Like, our anxieties are because we try to solve things ourselves. but if we surrender to the Lord, we have nothing to be anxious about because we know that He will, all good things come to those who love God. That's hard to let go, though. That's why I asked her to repeat it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I find when I do, it's yeah. helpful and it's huge. But right. It's very hard. It is very hard. It is very hard. So, our, our next uh, our next meeting is going to be on the on the seventeenth of October, and it's going to be here in church at six p.m. We're going to have mass, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna pray a decade of the rosary. I encourage you to bring your whole families. Um, that's going to be an opportunity just to build the community a little bit, but mostly just to pray together. Right. This 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 year is we're, what we're trying to do is to give you more opportunities to pray. And so uh, that's what we're going to facilitate for, th- for this month's community uh, community meeting. Um, uh, I want to share something with you. that um, So um, we just s- partnered with a program called form.org. Um, it is sort of like a Catholic version of Netflix. It has films. It has catechesis. It has books, it has audiobooks, books. Um, and so I want you to be able to take part in it. So um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to show you a little video on how you can register.
1: Hi, this is Dan with the Augusta Institute. Today we're going to go through a few steps of how to get started signing up on the brand new Formed.org. So the first thing we need to do is go to Formed.org in our browser, and then we're going to click on Sign Up. Uh, this video is designed for someone who already belongs to a parish or organization. Your That's family, us. Your organization already subscribes to Form. So you want to get started joining them on Form. So you're going to click I belong to a parish or organization. Now, you can do a couple things here. So what we're going to do is we'll start with our the name of my parish, St. Patrick. St. Charles, Illinois. Okay. So here we are. If I put in St. Patrick, St. Charles, Illinois, you'll, so you'll see type it in right St. Joachim.
0: Marrera, so Louisiana, and it'll pop up.
1: And For example, if you only were to put in the word St. Patrick, you might find it, but there are hundreds of St. Patrick's in our system. There's so many parishes around the country that have that name. So it's going to be best to put in your city, and then also your state. So let's try putting IL, and then let's put in St. <clears> Charles. <throat> and there we are. If you have a parish code from your parish, you can maybe in your bulletin or your website, you can copy it and paste it right inside there, and it will also work to get you started. So once you go in... You click and like
0: we will have parish, that in the bulletin next weekend, that name. parish code.
1: And then you'll put in your email address. Just like that. And then what happens is it, it gets loading, and then it logs you right in to Formed.org. And so now you're in on the Ta-da. platform, you have full access. That's it. So a couple of tips. If you can't find your parachute first, again, try putting the name, try putting the city, and try putting the state. The more information,
0: the better. That's pretty... Hmm? F-O-R-M-E-D.org. Now, what's good is that this is on browser. You can uh, you can download apps on your uh, Apple TV, your uh, Roku TV, uh, and watch them on your television. You can download apps on iP- on on Apple products, uh, phones, and Androids, um, and so you can have apps on your phones. Um, I wanted to show you the, the website. Once you get there, right, you have all of these different things. Uh, so if you go, um, this is formatted for my iPad, so I apologize, Um, but you'll see it has family and it has things on marriage, things on parenting, there's a whole bunch of things for kids, Uh, uh, that's not kids, come on internet, come on internet, okay let's try that again, family, kids, There we go, and they've got little. They've got TV kid kids TV shows. They've got um, some little short films about some saints. Brother Francis is great. He's like this little cartoon Saint Francis. Um, there's all different sorts of things. They also have films, so you can watch like movies and have like a movie night and watch uh, movies about. There's documentaries and there's like full feature length. Films. There's also all kinds of catechetical stuff in um, programs here. Um, there's Bible studies, faith formations, stuff for teenagers. Um, there's audiobooks, and there's also you can download PDF copies or EPUB copies of books that you can read on your Kindle or your, your uh, iBooks or whatever. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. So I encourage you to take advantage of and use this um, as part of your, your your teaching of your children, but also just to incul- inculcate in something. If if they're going to have screen time, let it be better than. Um, uh, I was going to say Paw Patrol, but uh, what's the the uh, Lulu Melon, Coco Melon? Yeah, I'm totally up on the hip stuff. Anyway, okay. So, I encourage you to take advantage of that. Um, okay. So, um, if you open up your your uh, parents' guide, <clears throat> um, somebody had my parents' guide. I need I need the page I need the page number. Uh. If you open up your parent's guide to page 38, those have all of the, uh, the beginning of the activities. There are five possible activities for this month. I encourage you, uh, well, to choose at least one of them. Um, there might be one that I might encourage you to do all of them. That first activity, although it says all ages, I went through it, and it's probably more like seven and up. Because it requires at least a little bit of like visual comprehension, and like, and, like being able to communicate that comprehension. Um, um, and uh, the cart- it might not be good for teenagers. Depending on the teenager, the cartoon is a little cartoony. There's like a video that you watch. And the car- it's a really good video, but it's it's kind of cartoony. Um, activity 2. So if you go to Activity 2, Activity 2 is about Abraham and Isaac. I encourage you, if you do this lesson, please preview the video before. Because if you have a kid that's sensitive, they might, like, Abraham's, like, going to sacrifice Isaac. Like, and that can be traumatic, to, depending on the child. Um... But this particular, especially because of that, because it's so intense, it'd be, it's really good to augment that, especially if you have teenagers. Teenagers. Um, um, to talk about trust in God, to, um, yeah. Activity three um, is really for all ages. It, it really is a good activity for all ages. And it's basically how, we, as a family, practicing intercessory prayer. Activity four, would, if you were to do a second activity, this would be the second activity that I would recommend um, because the family makes a prayer commitment together. Like, we're going to pray this prayer this often. Um, and the family prays that together. So it's really just having a conversation about that. Like, um, And then uh, activity five... Um, is, is an opportunity for reflection and for them using their prayer journal. And that's great for all ages as well. Um, so those are the activities for this month. Um, <clears throat> when you come up, um, I have uh, your uh, refrigerator sheets that you can put on your refrigerator uh, of all of the things for the class for this month and the things to remember. Um, I'm going to put this right here. We're going to close with prayer. And look at that. We're going to end five minutes early. Because I'm good with that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let the inner man, can y'all read this? Let the inner man, in whom Christ dwells by faith, cry out to the Lord. Not with the noise of lips alone, I'm, I'm just reading it to you so you can reflect. We're going to pray the other prayer in a second, but sorry, my bad. I'll start over. Let the inner man in whom Christ dwells by faith cry out to the Lord, not with the noise of lips alone, but with the affection of the heart. God does not hear as men hear, unless you cry out with a voice from the depths of your lungs and with your tongue, men will not hear you. Unless you cry out to the Lord with your thought, the Lord does not hear you. Your thought is your cry. Just take a moment to kind of uh, sit with that for a moment. So let us pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing all of us here together. Thank you for the gift of our families and our community here in this parish. Please give us the grace to thirst for you as you thirst for us. Come and dwell in our hearts and give us your life-giving water to drink so that we may be transformed for love of you and share your love with others. In the name of the Father, the Son, the